0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we welcome back domestic football. Stephen Gerrard is focused on Rangers and tomorrow's top of the table clash with Hearts rather than Newcastle speculation. Ange Postacoglu is welcoming the safe return of his players from this break ahead of a trip to Motherwell. And UEFA lets Sparta Prague off with the most recent Glen Kamara incident. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me tonight is Gary Caldwell and Hugh Evans. UEFA are not exactly the go-to guys for matters of moral outrage. Are they insufficient evidence? Come on. Anyway, on the park, the word could is coming through to me loud and clear. Could Hearts win at Ibrox and go above Rangers to the top of the league? Could Motherwell beat Celtic after 20 attempts in a row? Have failed and stay above Celtic in the league? And could Aberdeen fail to take points at Dundee and then make it 10 games in a row in all competitions without a win? One off the worst ever record in the club's history. Could it all happen in the same day? Maybe. Gary Caldwell, what a place to be. We've just had a successful international break. We don't say that too often, although they're becoming a bit more often. And now we've got an unbelievable fixture card to kick us back off in the domestic football this weekend. Yeah, fantastic. It's uh, I think the international breaks are always good when you you know you get two wins. The country's on a high, but then just looking a full fixture list on a Saturday afternoon, all the top six playing each other. Uh, it's a fantastic time for for Scottish football supporters. Absolutely. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. That is the number you need to get in touch with the guys and have your say tonight. So please do not hang about. Pick up that phone and talk to us. I know Hugh Keevans he's missed you desperately. He's been away gallivanting down south, yeah. taking a bit of time off in the international break. He is back with a bang, and he wants to hear from you tonight. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five or Twitter. At Clyde SSB um, And we were just getting to know Gary Caldwell so well At the start of the season Then he disappeared off And he's rubbing shoulders With much more impressive people Than Hugh Keevans and I So we'll, uh, we'll maybe pick his brains On some of that A bit later on as well But in the meantime Pick up the phone Speak to Gary and Hugh And let us know how you're feeling Ahead of a huge weekend Of domestic football Top of the table clash Rangers Against Hearts The champions Against unbeaten Hearts side it's going to be a full house at Ibrox. Hearts fans are going as well. Celtic and trips to Motherwell, always good games over there. Lots to look forward to. So pick up the phone and talk to us. It has been a really busy day. Um, most of the managers going about their media duties. So let's hear from some of them. Rangers fans, what do you make of this as a response from Stephen Gerrard? He says he's just fully focused on Rangers, despite being listed as one of the bookies' favourites to take over at Newcastle. The Ibrooks boss says he's got huge respect for Steve Bruce and says it's not fair to speculate while he's still in the job. I don't really react or get involved to any kind of speculation, especially when there's someone who I have the utmost respect for is sitting in that job that the speculation's about. For me, I'm in a very big job and a very big role here that I'm very much fully focused on. And we've got a top of the table clash at the weekend. And um it's a game I'm very much looking forward to, um, but I've certainly got one eye on on Newcastle in terms of seeing Brucey get his thousandth game. Great character of the game, someone who I've got a personal relationship with and the utmost respect for, and I'm really looking forward to seeing him um, get his thousandth game. I think it's a, a mammoth achievement, so 
congratulations to him at the weekend. You know, sitting in these positions, I wouldn't like people to be speculating about my job. So I certainly won't be getting involved in any of the speculation towards his. I think it's interesting what's happening at Newcastle. I think if anyone deserves a break, it's the Geordie fans. And obviously everyone connected with the games, looking in with interest to see how that develops. But um, from a personal point of view, I don't really get involved in speculation. And I wish Steve Bruce all the best. This stuff's always great, Hugh Keevans, because oh. someone somewhere will produce a headline which says Stephen Gerrard refuses to rule out like, yeah, 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 yeah. all that sort of stuff. But um, that's so a, what, do you, what do you make of his response? A, I think that's an allowable uh, presentation of the facts. Ah, you, know, you the, would, you old tabloid yeah. hack, you. But uh, well, look, the, the new owners at Newcastle uh, have been very smart here. It's a PR exercise. They're letting Steve Bruce have game one thousand because. Not to allow him to have game 1000 Would paint them in an even darker light Than they have been painted so far uh, So they'll give him game 1000 And then he'll be binned But he'll be binned with a lot of money uh, So he is a, an outstanding character Steve Bruce uh, Clearly a man of good integrity uh, And it's difficult for Stephen Gerrard To talk about that situation Because he knows him personally But after the game to, uh, on Sunday against Tottenham, he'll be out and Stephen Gerrard will re-enter the frame. Gary Caldwell, you know that club well. It's where you started your career, of course. Recently, you were down there as the interim uh, boss. Was it the under-23s? Yeah. Uh, for a few weeks, just before the takeover. I don't know if that means you got out at the right or the wrong time, whatever <laughs> way you want to present it. Um, what do you make of how this is playing out and specifically with, with us and, and Stephen Gerrard in mind? Yeah, I think it's a fantastic club first and foremost Where I started my career, went back recently You know, still a great club There was a lot of negativity because of the owner, the previous owner uh, Steve Bruce took a lot of flack in the gate, the first team games that I went to see And and really unfairly in my opinion For a manager to get a thousand games in the modern day for me Is an unbelievable achievement which should be celebrated but I agree with you, he will get sacked. It's going to happen at some point. And when it does, Steven Gerrard will be in the frame. And, and I thought his comments were interesting that he didn't point blank deny or refuse to, to be involved in that kind of conversation. Uh, and and he, and he had the chance to. He could have said, no way, you know, I, I'm at Rangers. And he, he did leave it a little bit open for me. Uh, 0141 That's the number Rangers fans What did you make of what you just heard from your manager It was only a couple of weeks ago you were you were there Gary at Newcastle Was there a What was the feeling like Was was the takeover truly imminent Was everything a bit up in the air Did, did they discuss what type of manager they felt was going to come in next No everything was Pretty much up in the air There was a, there was a negativity around the first team uh, I was In the academy And the, the training grounds are separate They're they're joined at the bottom in terms of pitches, but the buildings are, you know, separate. Uh, so my focus was was with the academy and, and just had dealings with the academy and under twenty threes. Uh, Steve Harper is the academy manager who I played with in the reserves many many years ago, uh, and it was a great you know period for me to go back and see it. But uh, I think the whole club from top to bottom needs this takeover and, and needs a shake up. Uh, Craig is a Rangers fan Who no doubt just heard Stephen Gerrard talking About that Newcastle situation What do you make of it Craig? How are we doing uh, Gordon, uh, Gary and Hugh um, I, I must confess to having a slight uh, Conflict of interest in this one Because it happens to be the case That Newcastle are my English team um, And have okay. been for many many years um, 
So it's a it's a strange one for me. Um, as much as from a point of view of what Newcastle would do well, I'd like to see Stephen go there. I don't think he will. I think he's still got a bit of unfinished business up here at Rangers. He wants to play in the Champions League. And I think if we're all honest, even with the money Newcastle have got, that's probably still going to be a couple of years off for Newcastle. So it depends how long he wants to wait to, to sink his teeth into the, the, the Champions League. Um, because he can do that next season if he wins the league um, up here with Rangers. So I think there's that aspect. Don't get me wrong. The fact he's saying he's got an eye on it and stuff like that because he Bruce, you know, to me, it'd be foolish to suggest he's, he wouldn't be interested because the amount of money that Newcastle can offer him, you know, would be enough to, you know, perk any manager's ears up, surely. Um, so it'll be an interesting one because I think from the Newcastle circles that I tend to, to speak in, this will probably be Steve Bruce's last game in the dugout. I think he's getting it because it's his thousandth and then after there, um, the new owners will probably look at um, who they want to bring in so I think we'll know probably in the next couple of weeks if indeed that is, is Gerard or not but my opinion is he's still got unfinished business here Hugh is, everybody is in a bit of a weird place with this because I mean Steve Bruce is still the Newcastle manager so yeah. no one's in a weirder place than him listening to everybody speculate about his job so you can kind of understand that part of Stephen Gerrard's reaction because it's um, it's not often I can't remember too many occasions like this where everybody knows this is the guy's last game in charge. Yeah, the football game's a jungle. Gary Caldwell will know that. When he was manager at Partick Thistle, everybody speculated in his future. Oh, don't bring that up, seriously. Come uh, on, give so the guy a break. It's a jungle. And uh, Newcastle, and again, I don't need to tell Gary Caldwell about this, Newcastle are a monster. When people talk about sleeping giants, they're a monster. I am sold that I can remember when Newcastle won a European trophy led by a Scot, Bobby Monker. So that was 50 years ago. He might That might be a complete lie, Gary. <laughs> no, you and I are just looking at no, each other like that. It was a long time ago. Yeah. So that <laughs> 50 years, look it up. 50 years ago, Bobby Monker, Newcastle won a European trophy. And for the next 50 years, everyone said, Sleeping Giant, the man that can get them going. And great men have passed through that club. Sir Bobby Robson. And all the others who be looked after Newcastle United But could not get them to where they wanted to be uh, So that job for someone Is massive Yeah, I, I mean Gary, I think Again, if you talk about a unique situation Stephen Gerrard's link with Liverpool Sort of clouds this one, doesn't it? Any other manager in charge of Celtic or Rangers at the moment you feel You can speculate a bit more freely Because obviously we know There's a step up there And if a multi-billion pound English Premier League club Comes calling It's probably only going to end one way But you've got this Liverpool elephant In the room But what is that How does that impact things? Look I, I think Stephen Gerrard Will be Liverpool manager At some point uh, Whether that's short term or, or longer term Does he need to to go to a Premier League team before he gets that job, I, I don't know. He he will know that, but I firmly believe he will manage Liverpool at some point in in his uh, managerial career. But I think, like we've all mentioned, you know, the the lure of the money, the the challenge to to bring a trophy to to a massive football club, a, a one club, uh, a one city club. I think that's what makes Newcastle, having been there as a as a kind of uh, academy player. Just having one club in the city makes it a, a special place 
uh, to be because the whole city is behind it. St James's Park sits right at the top of the city and almost looks down on the city. It's like a cathedral where the supporters go every week. So whoever gets that job, it's it's a huge opportunity. But I look back at when Man City got taken over, it took them four years to to win the Premier League, uh-huh. spending over you know hundreds and hundreds of millions of pounds. So. Whilst it's a big job for some, it's not an easy job. You don't just walk in and, and next season they'll start winning. You know, it's going to take time, it's going to take transfer windows and it's going to take mm. a lot of money to transform Newcastle on the pitch. Big game tomorrow though, Craig, first and foremost. Mm. Oh, definitely a huge game. Um, and I think uh, we're in for a you know a, a decent match. Yeah. I really do. Um, because I think Hearts will have a go. And the reason I say that is I think they'll have learnt from their mistakes when they went to Celtic Park in the Cup. Um, Robbie Nielsen said it on that day that in the first half they, they sat far too deep and did try and contain an old Celtic. And you know when you go to Parkhead or Ibrox doing that, you know, <clears throat> especially right now where the strengths of Rangers and Celtic are in the forward areas, I don't think that works. And I think the team like Hearts have got enough quality um, that they can cause us problems and I'm sure they will. Um, so we, we have to be at it tomorrow I don't think we can go into that game stuck in second gear because that's where we've been all season we, we need to you know now is the time to, to try and you know up the tempo a bit um, because teams like Hearts are not going to allow you to you know <clears throat> saunter through the game um, at your own leisurely pace so it, it's a tough one and I think you know Hugh outlined it perfectly there's a series of hints that could take place tomorrow that would see neither Rangers or Celtic winning um, which happened not too long ago. Um, obviously, I'm hoping that your lot will do us a favour at Fur Park because that can be a banana skin. And you always have to bear that in mind because what you don't want to happen is for us to drop points and Celtic to drop points because if Celtic drop points and we've missed a, an opportunity at home where we should be able to beat, I think, anybody in the league, then you're looking that way a real frustration. So um, I, I think we're in line for a a, a good one. I'll be interested to see whether Kimar Roof is, is fit enough to to start or whether he comes on off the bench or how that works. But either way, we've still got Sakala and Morelos sitting there. Um, and, I mean, obviously, at worst, Jermaine Defoe is still technically a player, although he's more of a coach. So I think we've got enough to win the game. But, you know, my head tells me I think Haas will probably score tomorrow as well. So we're going to need a couple to get the three points Gary as a man who played for the rivals of Rangers and Hearts I'm sure even you would admit it's always one of the standout fixtures on our football calendar and it just so happens it's a top of the table clash this one as well yeah it's a brilliant game uh, for, for both clubs uh, and to think I was in this studio in March uh, after Brora Rangers beat uh, Hearts and people were calling for Robbie Nielsen's head uh, it shows how good a job that he's done I think he's built a really strong squad. I said it last year when they were in the Championship, he'd built a squad that was a top six Premier League, Scottish Premier League uh, team for me. And the, they've went on, you know, the start they've, they've, they've had has, has went on to prove that correct. And uh, Gary, I think they've got a big opportunity tomorrow. What would the, the percentage be in it for Hearts to go and play on the back foot? You know, because everyone goes to Ibrooks and gets beaten. Uh, they've got a sensational... Home record I think you'll find Not everyone But well, that's, I'll, I'll let that slide Who, who where, where did you lot go on? Did, did alright Did they not? I, I watched Motherwell play I've never seen as many defenders 
It, it took me back to Scotland days when I uh, Motherwell under. I'm talking uh, about this season, honestly. You, short memories, short memories. Anyway, what's one nil? Did you not? It's a bit. I'll, I'll let you catch up, but it's going to be a big game tomorrow. We'll right, as I say, Robbie Nielsen has to go and take it to Rangers because Jack Ross did it with Hibbs. He was a goal up, and then came the moment involving Ryan Porteous, and the, the, the 10 men eventually lost to the 11 men 2 1. But Hearts will take it to Rangers tomorrow, and they have good players, and they have started the season exceptionally well. And when your incentive is. If you win, you go top of the league at Rangers' expense. There is no bigger incentive for Robbie Nielsen. I can't believe this guy's taking that hard-fought point away from us, honestly. Thank you, Craig. 01419511025. Good time to get your call in. We could be speaking to you next. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Gary Caldwell and Hugh Keevans are here 01419511025 on the phones Or at Clyde SSB on Twitter Motherwell against Celtic What a game that is on our patch tomorrow So fans of both teams Why not get in touch Let us know uh, what you think Celtic fans People always tell you this is a hard place to go The last three games uh, The last three trips to Fir Park I think you've scored 13 goals Does that blow that theory out the water? Or does the form of both sides this season suggest it could be a difficult one tomorrow 01419511025 uh, Let's speak to Dominic Who is a Rangers fan How are you feeling ahead of tomorrow Dominic? Uh, good evening Gordon Good evening Gary and uh, Uncle Hugh Good to have you back here Thank you very kindly you Dominic um, I, no, I was saying to the producer there I thought I think that tomorrow's going to be a tough game Because I've got to give credit where it's due About Robbie Nielsen But it was uh, The boys spoke about it earlier um, because obviously the squad they assembled last year, Gary touched on it about the defeated to Brora Rangers. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, but since then he's transformed around. I would, I, I would have thought at this time of the season, Hearts maybe would even for us. But you've got to give credit where it's due sometimes. Um, I, but I think tomorrow they've, they've got a chance against us because we are still missing a, a few defenders. So I think obviously tomorrow it's going to be. Balligan and Golton, but Balligan can kind of be a bit of a bomb scare at centre back at times. It's going to be an interesting one. Hugh, you have to, if you're crediting Robbie Nielsen, it's all right talking about you know the team from last season, but they, they've recruited very well. You look yeah. at what they've added, you know, Barry Mackay is now there, Ben Woodburn, Cammy Devlin, who's a lively uh, character. I spoke to him uh, during the week, and they've, you know, they've added to the squad. They didn't do it straight away, they didn't jump oh. in at the start of the transfer window. Bit by bit they've, they've added And It's now Do you feel like We're now at that Kind of weird stage Where obviously It is still early Of course it's early And a uh-huh. lot can change But after eight games You've got a, maybe A rough idea of Where teams are at And where we're heading yeah, well, Their season was Kick-started by Beating Celtic On day one uh, They've gone on From there You know, you talk about Recruitment Binning me from uh, Everton uh, Has been Fantastic for Hearts uh, I look forward to Seeing him tomorrow uh, at Ibrooks. Um I, I just think confidence has grown They have been a surprise packet I think uh, Dominic on the line is correct Nobody expected to see Hearts A point behind Rangers at this stage of the season But tomorrow's a kind of watershed moment for them You know, if you are routinely beaten by Rangers Then you're deflated All that has gone before uh, Is seen in a different perspective However, if you go there and get anything out of the game 
what a boost that is to your confidence and you really will go on from there but you're right it, it, it's a, a a good moment of the season to declare yourselves make a statement about yourselves and they have a chance you couldn't say that they go there without any hope at all because I go back to the Hibs game Hibs took the lead looked very assured looked to have Rangers slightly rattled uh, and then because of a red card the complexion of the game altered but I, I think Robbie Nielsen will be looking forward to it tomorrow uh, Gary you've been there at an Edinburgh club when you go to Glasgow is that the way it's seen you know, a chance to lay down a marker or send a statement whatever football cliche you want to use yeah I think it is I think you know if if you want to achieve anything in Scottish football you have to be able to, to go to the old firm uh, or play against them home and away and, and get a result against them and I think back to my you know, Hibs team that was very successful. We we won at Ibrox, we won at Celtic Park, we we every game we played against them, we asked questions of them. But I think what Hugh was saying, that the big thing is there there has to be belief. There has to be a belief in the squad that they can do something. And I think there has to be a plan that how how you go about that. You know, is is it going on the front foot? Is it sitting a little bit deeper and playing in the counter attack? You know, and Robbie Nielsen will have watched Rangers. He will know them inside out. He said and yesterday he's going to. He believes they can go on the front foot essentially. Yeah, well, he, like I said, he'll have watched them, and he'll have he'll have found a weakness that that they will have worked on uh, this week to to go and try and exploit that weakness. And uh, I've said it before on here. I think he's an excellent manager. He, he's very hard working. I go to his recruitment. You know, from from England. He's, he's loan players that, that he's got Cochrane he got Ginelli from Preston last year and signed him Bannon Gimme's been amazing this season so the, he does very well uh, by by working hard any time I pick up the phone he answers it you, you have a chat to him about players and he's always looking to to try and improve his, his team and himself there, as a manager there are 1,000 Hart supporters inside Ibrox tomorrow now 1,000 against another 49,000 who support Rangers might not seem like a big deal. However, those Hearts supporters are looking for their team to take the game to Rangers. They're looking to get out of that ground saying, we are top of the league tonight. So he's obliged to take the game to Rangers. Not that he wasn't going to take it to them in the first place, but I just think that everything tomorrow points towards Hearts trying to make a declaration about themselves. Uh, nice to speak to you Dominic 01419511025 Mullerwell fans Celtic fans Good time for you To get in touch How do you see that one Panning out tomorrow Celtic fans um, The manager hoping For a bit more of a Settled return From the international break Than the last time When you lost arguably uh, Your most important player uh, How should you line up tomorrow Does Nir Beaton Keep his place in the team For instance He came in a bit of a surprise At Pataudry Is now the time to see James McCarthy A bit more often what do you think? How do you see it lining up now after that international break? Pick up the phone 01419511025 Give us all your thoughts ahead of the game Ange Postacoglu believes his squad is now in a better place After an unsettled time um, Pretty much unscathed after the international break this time around All the internationals um, got through it sort of unscathed Which is, uh, which is good So they're all back And um, got the last of them back today And um, yeah, trained So uh, all the Internationals have come through it okay. Um, guys who are in rehab, Juranovic um, <coughs> is still uh, sort of getting to the tail end of his rehab. Um, the other ones, sort of longer term ones, Julian Forrest, um, 
Mikey Johnson's available, which is good. And uh, aside from that, uh, the rest of the boys, you know, just worked hard over the last 10 days. Guys like, you know, Jack and Marcus and a couple of others who've missed a bit of preparation. So um, from that perspective, um, yeah, they're, they're, they were available, but they're in better condition now. Big few weeks coming up, Hugh. I mean, yeah. I do accept that you could play that back any any point of the season for Celtic and Rangers. Yeah. Always a big few weeks. But in particular, given the way the season started, given the hopes that once everyone's back fit, things will start to look up, and given the standard of opposition and the venues that they need to visit in the next month or yeah. so, it's a big time coming up. Before the month is out, he has to go to Fir Park. I, I do take on board what you said about uh, Celtic and their last three visits there, free scoring visits for Celtic. However, he's to go to Fir Park at a time when Motherwell are above Celtic in the league table. He's to play St Johnston, who under Callum Davidson, uh, they, they are worthy of your respect, home or away. And he's to play Hibs in Edinburgh. So it's a massive time for Ange Postacoglu. He's picking up where he left off against Aberdeen at Pataudry. The word was he's got to win this game. If he falls into the bottom six, the Celtic fans will react negatively. So he's back in that position at Fir Park. It's a game that Celtic have to win. You know, they've got Ferenc Varos in the Europa League on Tuesday. You don't want to go into that one on the back of a, a defeat away from home. So again, it has the look of a terrific match. And Ange Postacoglu compromised his principles when he went to Pataudry by playing near Beaton to to shore up things for Celtic. And I believe that near Beaton will do that again at Motherwell tomorrow. I'm not saying you can just snap your fingers after an international break, Gary, and people forget that it's still a work in progress. But the players are all back, they are all fit. You don't need to worry this time about how you cope without Furuhashi and Callum McGregor's there. And we've had eight games already. Is this... Is this now really the time for, for Ange Postacoglu Celtic to go and first of all climb the table obviously and um, and prove they, they can be what many of the fans hoped or, or thought they they saw they were uh, thought they were seeing at the start of the season easy for me to say Yeah I think you know going on what Hugh says and I'll go back to my days under Gordon Strachan he, he always said you're only one week away from a crisis and that is the reality at Celtic or Rangers so as big as the Aberdeen game was and, and the goal and the win, there's another game and you have to win. And and that is the life of a Celtic player, a Celtic manager, and you have to be able to live with that, that pressure and deliver. And and Celtic now, you know, Ange Postacoglu has had time. He he is he's spent his money, he said he's much happier with his squad. It's now time to put a run of results together and start to get in a, a, a position in the league where Celtic mm. should be in and start to challenge Rangers we got so obsessed the full footballing country in the last couple of weeks before the break talking about philosophies and styles and do you abandon them or do you just tweak them and some you know we end up arguing over the language used quite a lot there as Hugh says for the first time really we saw an extra defensive midfielder going near B tournament in against Aberdeen is that now something you think we'll see more of from Celtic or is that a horses for courses approach? And, and if so, which course does for Park fall into? Look, I, I think as a manager, I've been there. You you have to have a belief and an identity of how you want your team to play. But you have to put round pegs and round holes. And if you don't have the players 
to play that way, then you have to find a way to win with the players you've got. And I think the near beat on situation might be that to say, right, we aren't quite where we want to be in terms of the the possession based football, which for me was was brilliant to a point, but then they didn't have that penetration or end product from the possession. So, you know, when it doesn't give you the the output that you want from it, you you have to assess the squad and find. Uh, solutions to the problems that are that are losing your games, and I think near Beaton might be that, and they might stick with that for a bit, which builds confidence, and then slowly you can then start to implement mm. your style. But for me, you have to have an identity as, as a football manager and a football team, and, and Celtic have have got that. They now need to turn that into results. Well, let's hear a bit from Graham Alexander, shall we? Head of that game tomorrow. Uh, obviously, a good start to the season, but losing. At Hearts last time out He, as you would expect Believes that they can go and get something At Fir Park tomorrow Honestly, if, if I didn't think there was a way of winning What's the point in me being here? Absolutely no point You know what I mean? I know the challenges I know the the, the, the toughness of winning But if we don't win the game 100% I'm going to be disappointed 100% Just like last week and the week before And um, I think our players have that mentality as well I think they, you can see that in them. I think it's we have to reinforce it week in, week out. Um, but of course, we go into every game. You know, it's 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 more than a hope. I think we know, we have a plan of trying to win. If we do it right, we give ourselves a better chance. And, um, and I think we have to put that expectancy on ourselves to win every week if we can. We know it's not going to be the case. Been in the game a long time. No one wins every single week. No. This- is this where you a run of when you when you get results against the so called teams round about you and Mother will have done more than that as we referenced that the point at Ibrox and beating um, Aberdeen but it, it gives you that chance to to have a platform to build on you then go to Tynecastle which is really tough you lose followed up by a, a visit from Celtic very tough but if you can then get points in those games that's what. Turns a, a good start into an outstanding start and, and maybe tells people a bit about where you want to be come the end of the campaign. Yeah, as Gary said earlier, of Hearts at Rangers, you know, if you don't believe you can do it, uh, then what's the point? And, you know, by those games, will you be judged? So I, I uh, applaud Graham Alexander for saying, yeah, yeah, of course we can win. Because if the Motherwell manager said on Friday night, do you know what? I don't think we've got any earthly here. Then, you know, just post the points on to Celtic Park, Kerrydale Street. Uh, but I, I think it will be an outstanding match. Celtic have better players. It's as simple as that. Celtic do have better players than Motherwell. If they give the kind of performance they gave in the first half against Aberdeen in the, the last game before the international break, Celtic ought to be good enough to win that match However As always It's a question of which Celtic turn up And Which mother will turn up So Are you a Motherwell and Celtic fan Looking ahead to tomorrow Rangers and Hearts fans Or maybe a Rangers fan Who's interested in what Stephen Gerrard Had to say About the Newcastle speculation Whatever is on your mind This is a great time to share it Because we're going to get some travel And that means you could be up next So give us a call Right now 01419511025 
0141 951 1025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Keevans and Gary Caldwell are here. It's 0141951025 to join in. Here's something you don't hear very often oh. on Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Are you a Coldplay fan by any chance? I like I, Chris Martin. I haven't been known. Yeah. Okay. Well, at least one of us, right? Okay. Uh, we, if that's the case, you're not going to want to miss this. They've recorded a live and exclusive intimate gig for us on Tuesday night from Shepherd's Bush Empire. It was celebrating the launch of their new album, Music of Spheres. What you can do. Is over on our sister station Hits Radio On DAB and online There's an hour long special From 7pm tonight Obviously you'll, you'll need to go and record it And stick with us till late Obviously I mean that goes without saying uh, But just in case Unless you two want to give us a rendition or something No we just uh, yellow, Crack on with the football song. I mean seriously If people are struggling to, go, to get to sleep tonight Maybe we'll, we'll resort to <laughs> you two If I just lay here If I just That's Snow Patrol Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you are then <laughs> Oh dear me Right I knew I shouldn't have Gone off off script Right 01419511025 On the phones Or at Clyde SSB On Twitter um, Billy's a Rangers fan uh, From Musselburgh Billy So I don't know Does that give you A bit of extra you, You'll have plenty of Hearts supporting Friends down there I'm sure uh, Nope oh, oh well Never mind then uh, Is that not Jim Jeffries Territory no, 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 no. Well, it is, but well, you know where Jim Jeffries comes from. You know where where Billy Brown comes from. We, we know all that stuff, right? My point is, and it's no. Can I first of all say Gary Colbert? The last time he was on the program, I was on the program, and um, I didn't get a chance to answer him back. And he came back with a retort saying, basically, I but uh, maybe it's something to do with the crowds. Nobody knows, Gary. Stop your carry on, man. Stop right. your carry on, Gary. Right. The pressure doesn't so, start anyway, till after Christmas. My main point is, <laughs> is not to anybody in particular, right? But do, do everybody's all getting on about, um, well, no, everybody, but quite a lot of people are getting on about the Newcastle Top, right? And uh, Gerard's name's been through into, no, not even through into the, into the ring, it's just been like mentioned. Like up and coming manager and stuff like that. My point is, I heard on our radio station earlier on, Gordon, right? And they, what they were saying was, Stephen Gerrard for the Tunjo, what do you think? And people made their answers and their claims and why no and why for, whatever, right? All by the wayside. I mean, really, all, all you would have today to be a real hero, as I said to Ross, your producer, is if he really wanted to be a real hero, he would open up. The gap between England, the, the English Premier League, and the uh, and no even the Scottish Premier League, but just Scotland in general, and and just say right, okay, I'll take that job, and you know what, I'll buy every single player that I fancy that could do a job done here, and and take them with me. I know, as I said to Ross, your producer again. I know the SPL and the SPFL would probably put a stop to that because of all the money involved, but as you guys say all the time, Hugh, anybody, um, Gordon, Mark, it, it doesn't matter who's on. They all say money talks. If so hold on, I, I'm, I'm just, you're losing me a bit with your theory. So Stephen Gerrard could or should take the Newcastle job and he'll take all the best players from Scotland with him. No, no Gordon, I'm not saying that. No. What I'm saying is, if he did take the job, right, mm-hmm. And he really wanted to quell all this nonsense about uh, Rangers are 
Celtic going down to the English Premiership. Right. He could go down there, right, and go to Newcastle and go, right, I'm having... Uh, uh, again, I'm not mentioning any names. I, he could go, right, I'll have him, I'll have him, I'll have him, because all you have to do is offer the wages, good terms, good contract, and, as you guys say, continually, Billy, money talks. Billy, it's not a question of money talks. Newcastle United don't want all the best players in Scotland. <laughs> they, they, can you imagine? And, and by the way, everyone knows my feelings on our league up here and how much I love it and how uh-huh. much we think down the road can be overhyped at stuff. But if the new Saudi owners get handed a shopping list of <laughs> yeah, players yeah, yeah. from up here, I, I think I, I don't. I just don't see it playing out that way. No, no, no. Listen, uh, the, the job's attractive because the English Premier League is bigger than the Scottish Premiership by a distance. Stephen Gerrard's name is thrown in because Stephen Gerrard is, in terms of this country, the biggest name in the country. That's why he's linked with the job. But Newcastle United are looking to go Champions League. They are looking to be the next Man City. They are not interested in Liam Boyce, with the greatest respect to Liam Boyce. They are not interested in Anthony Ralston, with the greatest respect to Anthony Ralston. They're interested in players from... All over the world at tens of millions of pounds. Hundreds so Billy, of millions. Yeah, but I mean for each individual, <laughs> tens of millions. Uh, so Billy, rest easy. I just like that. Look guys, I know you wanted Mbappe, but have you ever heard of Kevin Van Veen? <laughs> yeah. I just like the conversation. And by the way, who I love, I'm sure he, I don't know, maybe he could go down there and... And do a job I, I just feel like Gary There's always speculation And bookies Drive a lot of this stuff That's all it takes All it takes is someone to say Hugh Evans is the favourite For whatever job and, and it hits the back pages But this time's just different Because Newcastle Is such a weird place So this has now rumbled on Already for weeks We don't even really know How much is behind The supposed um, Interest If you can even call it that In Stephen Gerrard and it's not going to end anytime soon until such times as Steve Bruce does leave. Then you start getting shortlists and all the rest of it. At the moment, we're, we're guessing. Yeah, and agents. You know, it's very simple for an agent to get his client linked with a job. You just drop it in somewhere, and suddenly you, you go to favourite. And you see, you see it all the time a manager gets linked, and suddenly he's he's clear favourite to to get the job. So Newcastle will have. You know, several more people will be favourite to get this job. A job that still isn't available, I, th- I think we should say that a job that somebody actually has at the moment, uh, and until he loses his job, mm. you know, well, th- then then nobody else can get it. Where's Eddie Howe? What's he doing now? I remember him. <laughs> yeah. I used to speak about him every night. I mean, Billy, surely, if, and now we're getting way ahead of ourselves, if Stephen Gerrard gets the Newcastle job, his priority will be to win things with Newcastle not to convince everyone that Celtic and Rangers could go down to the English Premier League why would they care about that? Well my really my, my point like the biggest point you all this is if he took that job right mm-hmm. if you Kevin's took a job at the Daily Record for instance mm-hmm. hypothetically speaking right and and they said right you're not getting your own way on this you're not getting your own way on that and you're not getting your own way on this or that what would he do? He'd move to the Whatever So this is That's my point If he goes down there See if he wanted to buy Every decent Scottish player Or every elite Scottish player And his eyes And his opinion Mm -hmm. And took them down there to Newcastle And thought I can do a job with you And get his moving up the table 
Uh, but before then, I'm so <laughs> lost. I'm so lost. Before then, I'm though, trying. Amanda Staveley, who's now running Newcastle United, would say, I think we've hired a man who doesn't know what he's doing here. So uh, just rest easy. The whole of Scotland is not traipsing over to Newcastle. Uh, it, it just won't happen. Anyway, I've been at the Daily Record. Oh, I knew I you were going to take say. that bait. I knew it. I knew you wouldn't <laughs> let that go. I could see your eyes light I've, up. I've, I've been at the record. They treated me very well <laughs> when they made me redundant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, honestly. Thank you, Billy. It was nice to speak to you, Billy and Musselburgh. 01419511025. Whatever gonna, he was on about. It's going to be one of those nights. So it's, anyway, it's time for this, I think. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. Okay. <laughs> Quite a lot to take in. Let's play Beat the Pundit, right? If you want to play against Hugh Evans or Gary Caldwell, now is the time to If phone. you took all the best Beat the Pundit players And took them down to Newcastle <laughs> oh, no. Can we, we get Billy on? I think I could beat Billy <laughs> I've seen you play Beat the Pundit I know I'm not it, so it's, sure It's not my, my strength But I think I could beat Billy 01419511025 You do need to call before 7 o'clock That's when the lines close We'll play Beat the Pundit next I'm going to lie down for the next few minutes Tackle the headlines 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans and Gary Caldwell are here What a day it's been, seriously We've just we've just had Billy trying to take all of the Scottish Premiership's biggest know. players to Newcastle with Stephen Gerrard to make a point I'm in here dressed like Gareth Southgate impersonator I'm, I've been at a wedding this afternoon I'm going back to said wedding I yeah. realised I've, I've literally got Gareth Southgate's exact replica outfit on From yeah. the World Cup I feel yeah. ashamed about it And uh, just to make it even more of a bizarre day Do you know that Chris Eubank drove by me in a Rolls Royce Just outside Motherwell earlier What was Chris Eubank now, seriously, doing right, in Motherwell? This is, see if I ever, ever get some sort of Sympathy invite onto Would I lie to you I think this would be my story Right Because nobody's going to believe that But in all seriousness I was coming out of Motherwell Earlier on A Rolls Royce went by me With KO On the, the plate No less And Chris Eubank was in the car I have no idea So that just set me up I knew this was going to be a weird day Did he have his monocle? I, I don't know I didn't get no. I didn't get a, a close enough look But seriously How bizarre Well Listen, on the subject, Billy was the last caller. Let me say this before I forget it. We came back, my lady wife and I from London, got a taxi at Glasgow Central Station on Tuesday evening. The man was a huge Super Scoreboard fan. He enjoys your work, let me tell you. (laughs) And at the end of the journey, he would not take the fare and insisted that I gave the money the cash for kids £20 Billy Somerville Great taxi driver Enjoyed the chat And Billy I have given the money To the cash for kids office You're a kind man Oh Billy It's Brilliant. such a kind gesture I Just because I wanted to make a joke out of that And say what really happened Is that Hugh said If you give me it for nothing I'll give you a shout out <laughs> on the radio I can't Because you gave money to charity Fine Billy Well done right The, okay. the charity Cash for kids Absolutely Let's do this Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. Yes, someone tells me Chris Eubank is at an event in Glasgow tonight. I oh. didn't dream it, I didn't make it up. I saw it with Mona. I knew I shouldn't have doubted myself. Uh, right, let's play Beat the Pundit. Martin is phoning from just along the road in Clyde Bank. How's it going, Martin? Aye, not bad, not bad. 
Celtic fan Martin What's got more chance of happening You beating these two On Beat the Pundit tonight Or Celtic getting a victory Tomorrow Oh there's a good chance Of both happening you think so Alright okay you, oh, can, right. you can be greedy if you want I don't mind that uh, Heads it will be Hugh Evans. Tails it will be Gary Caldwell I mean this has never been A, a real strength of yours And no. you've, you've been I've You're been, rusty yeah, You've been, been away Doing my usual study Jet setting Yeah He's now Now works for Man City Hugh oh, Can you believe yeah. He even sullies himself By coming back And hanging out with us Well when I saw The, uh, the Jaguar In the car park I knew that <laughs> I knew that Caldwell Had got up in the world We were getting on so well At the start to the season He was slotting in Nicely to the show Then he goes away And he's the Newcastle Interim under 23 oh. boss Next week I pick up the paper And he works for The City oh. group actually I, I take I it back see. It's not Man City It's the City group <laughs> What does that involve exactly? Uh, just looking after loan players and uh, their development. It's uh, it's been a great job so far. I'm loving it. Travelling all over Europe, watching different games, and and working with players, which which I love. On absolute cushy gig that yeah, sounds yeah. like. Where have you been and, this week? And I can still come on this Brilliant. show. Which great to have you. Even better. Where have you been this week? I've been in Portugal this week at Braga. Uh, Are they in the city group? No, no, oh, because uh, you've got I've loan got players a young, out there. Of young course, young fullback on loan, Brazilian fullback on loan. Uh, but spent two days watch training. I, I know the manager. I've played against him when he was at Sheffield Wednesday, Carlos Carvajal. So just brilliant for me to see different things and learn, but obviously help try and help the player as well. Getting... Good, good on you. I've just got these visions of Gary Caldwell sitting down with a Brazilian right back and saying, "Wait to tell you about this guy Hugh Keevans, right? What yeah. a character he is!" Yeah. I actually went to his house. Uh, Hugh Keevans for, <laughs> for dinner. Uh, so I had a, a Brazilian meal cooked for me, wine. It was fantastic. Wow. Honestly, meal. I'm so glad the word meal followed there. Right, okay. Let's let's crack on with this. Beat the pundit, Martin Heads. It will be Hugh Tails. It will be the jet setter Caldwell. Let's see how we go. You're off the hook. It's Heads. Uh, Hugh's been. You've been in London to be fair. That's quite. That's far travelled for you. Um, let's give you some Clyde too. So that he can't steal Martin's answers Martin, 30 seconds Answer as many questions as you can And you're free to pass if you don't know it, okay? Yep, no problem Right, let's go, 30 seconds on the clock Your time starts now Name the only Frenchman currently at Celtic Yeah, Christopher Julian Name either scorer for Rangers in the 2016 Scottish Cup Final Barry Mackay Name the only English side Craig Levine managed Pass How many Scottish clubs did Stephen Thompson play for? Three. Name the only SPFL team Jim Jeffries has both played for and managed. Commander. Which side won Scotland's Nations League group earlier this year? Czech Republic. Which Dundee player is older, Charlie Adam or Paul McGowan? Charlie Adam. Okay, let's bring Hugh Keevans back. Hugh, can you hear us? I can indeed. Now, I know you've not been studying, you've been down in London all week. Let's see how you mm. get on. Starting now, name the only Frenchman currently at Celtic. Um, pass Name either scorer for Rangers In the 2016 Scottish Cup Final um, Andy Halliday Name the only English side That Craig Levine managed uh, Leicester How many Scottish clubs Did Stephen Thompson play for uh, Two Name the only SPFL team That Jim Jeffries Has both played for And managed uh, Hearts Which side won Scotland's Nations League group Earlier this year Oh Sometime tonight I've got a wedding to go to Remember No I, I have to He's looking at me I know Pass Yep Alright okay Martin what's the verdict I think I might have tipped him To be honest well, Let's find out The only Frenchman at Celtic Is Chris Julian ah. Martin got it 1-0 up 
Either scorer for Rangers In the 2016 Scottish Cup final We'd never have lived that down If we'd left him oh, off yeah, Andy yeah. Halliday Hugh Keevans equalises Who's the other one? Kenny Miller I think you would know that You're not like Best pals or something though Very okay. um, That's great <laughs> he'll, he'll be glad to know um, Craig Levine managed Leicester Hugo's 2-1 in front Stephen Thompson played for Dundee United Rangers And St Mirren 3 Martin equalises End to end stuff On Beat the Pundit The only SPFL team that Jim Jeffries has both played for and managed. There you go. Did you think Jim Jeffries would get two mentions on tonight's uh, Clyde oh, One Super incredible. Scoreboard? It is Hearts. Hugh Evans goes back in front. Czech Republic won our Nations League group. Uh, and Martin got it. So oh, Martin no. equalises. I can't handle the tension, the drama. But it all comes down to this because you finished there. But Martin got one more question in. Which Dundee player is older, Charlie Adam or Paul McGowan? There is only a year in it. And the answer. Is Charlie Adam Well done Martin The same ball is on its way Along the road We'll just send it in a taxi Hugh knows a guy That'll do it for nothing <laughs> So we'll send the ball along Well done to you Cheers thanks Good man That was Martin and Clyde Bank Easy as that There we go Oh uh, that was a good contest Not good for you Good, good no, for Martin know, but Good no, for the neutral It was Watching yeah. on you End to end stuff I got three myself Hugh so No loss what a bank he gets Absolutely And do you know what This just sums this guy up He, he doesn't care Because Tell the listening public About the gift you received yes. To this office today Because usually When you get mail We have to like like Scan it and check it And get the <laughs> yeah. police involved To yeah. make sure that it's safe um, But you, you took the law Into your own hands You opened the package today And what was it? It was a, a mug And I have an expression Gary Which always makes Mark Wilson laugh I always say Never worry about Getting things wrong so I Go from one failure to the next With no loss of enthusiasm <laughs> So a man has put this on a mug And sent it to me My own message And he even paid £3 post and packaging So whoever you are Sir or madam Thank you very much His name is William Because oh. he got in touch with me And told me he was going to do it um, I'll just leave his surname off In case he did want to have some sort of anonymity You don't want your pals knowing you like Hugh Keevans Let's right, be honest yeah, yeah. Um, But he sent the mug in And sure enough on your, on your, on your mug, and you will cherish it forever. Yeah, absolutely. I like it. Well done. Thank you to William. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Um, let's bring in James. I like this mix here. We've got James, who's a Celtic fan, but also a Newcastle fan. So I'm, I'm wondering what in particular is on your mind tonight, James. How are you doing, lads? Good, thanks. Uh, it's basically the this takeover. I mean, it's been through the Newcastle media and the social media and we're just like what's going on for the last six or seven weeks and finally it's taken over it's quite mixed believe it or not uh, with any takeover because you don't know I mean you've seen it with Man United with Glazers and you just don't know what way it's going to go but I mean we're we're behind Steve Bruce as a manager and I can't speak for all but the ones that I know are behind them and I've, I've actually met them at Sports Association and heard the Glasgow accent and we did a good chat about uh, Scottish football, things like that. He's a really nice guy. And he's not really been backed properly like he should have been. And then all this talk about as soon as the jobs uh, or this takeover, it's this vacancies up. And the guy's still in a job. You know what I mean? Steve, Steve Bruce is, is an experienced manager. He's got a hard skin. But he'll be thinking, what's going on here? Oh yeah, no, you're absolutely right James And I, I said it earlier And I know it's kind of empty words It's a brutal situation I can't remember anything like this Really Hugh well, um, But he did speak to the press today Steve Bruce And 
James may personally feel like he's behind the manager, but I mean, look at Newcastle's statement that they're they're changing that manager, just yeah, not yeah, in time for tomorrow. Yeah, I come at this from a journalist perspective. Football is a big industry. It's a part of the entertainment industry, and when transfers are ongoing, there's all manner of speculation. The transfer window, uh, daily speculation on who might be going where. Uh, when managers are teetering on the brink, uh, there tends to be speculation about when they'll go and who will take over. You would accept this is a bit different. This is the genuinely open season about. We are acting like it's a vacant manager's job. I Everyone think, is. I think if you if you're first and foremost, Steve Bruce, and I gladly accept James's word for it. That I've never had the pleasure of meeting the man. Gary has, uh, and Gary and James are in accord. They believe that, that this is a very good man, and I don't doubt that for a second. But when new owners come in, and and James will also acknowledge that. From my perspective, I think most of the city of Newcastle wanted a change of manager. When the owners come in, and we'll leave out the moral argument over whether they should have been allowed to come in or not, but once the English Premier League admitted them to the club, then it was going to be obvious to Steve Bruce and to everyone else that there would be a change of manager We are discussing it openly He will be aware of it privately uh, And that's why I say I come at it from a journalistic perspective It's part of what we do We talk about it, write about it Show it on television Other people like James Come at it from a different perspective Where they tend to think That's not right just before we bring Gary back in on this I'm, I'm curious James Because we've not had this combination yet As a Celtic and Newcastle fan Would you welcome Stephen Gerrard With open arms to be your new manager Should Steve Bruce get the, the heave? Well I mean it's nothing I mean it, I mean, I like Steve Gerrard as a player With Liverpool I mean he's a, a fantastic player uh, He's done okay with Rangers all right. he's, as, a, as a fan And we're looking at Possibly a new manager If it comes we would rather want somebody with a bit more experience. Stephen Gerrard's a young manager. He's finding his feet. He's been back with David Weir. And he's had a bit of experience behind him that way in order to stay the ship. But he's still not been... He's done well, done well in Europe, but it's only the one trophy. So we would be looking at uh, getting an experienced manager if it was going to be. But getting back to your point, uh, what you said, mm-hmm. Hugh, the... I can understand about the journalists. I mean, we're all we many journalists anyway on social media now and the way we kind of talk and everybody's really knowledgeable about the game, especially about their own clubs. And we just feel that if he's going to get backed, at least give him a chance. If they're going to put money into the club uh, in a part with Man City, Man United and Liverpool and back him, I mean, no, we spend 200 million or whatever, but at least target the players Give Steve Bruce the chance if he, he he can't get through the season, maybe get to a final at Leicester when they pick up. That would be fantastic for us. We would love Steve Bruce to get the chance to be able to take, show the fans that right, okay, I'm on a level with 
the top five teams. Yeah, I mean, I like what I like, James, is you're loyal to your manager and you were very diplomatic when asked about Stephen Gerrard as well, which I wasn't sure how that would go. Uh, Gary, I know you had some thoughts. Yeah, I, I was at the stadium uh, when I was there as, as 23's manager and 52,000 people weren't of the same opinion uh, as you because when he caught the ball, the boo and the, the negativity in the stadium was incredible. And, and I know that stadium when... Kevin Keegan was there when Bobby Robson was there. Phenomenal passion, phenomenal supporters. And I, I come at it, Hugh comes at it from the journalist. I come from a human perspective. This is a man who's, who's had 999 games as a football manager. He clearly knows what he's doing or, or he has an idea of what he's doing. You, d- you don't have that longevity in football if you don't. And, and everyone just, you know, has, has no considerations for the person for the human being for his family and everyone just thinks he's losing his job and forget the money albeit he's going to get a payoff but just on the man I met him uh, about five years ago now when he was Hull manager I was at Wigan and we were in Portugal for pre-season and he was playing golf he said meet me after the the, the round of golf so me and the, the chairman David Sharp went to the golf club and he came in with Niall Quinn and two other Irish guys so they said, do you want a pint? So I was like, yeah. You know, we'd finished training. It was a, We were off for the afternoon. This is about two o'clock in the afternoon, by the way. So we have a pint. And he says, do you want another pint? And we have another pint. And the stories that him and Niall Quinn were telling were incredible. A oh. brilliant person, a brilliant football man. And after four or five pints, I had to go. <laughs> because they looked like they were going to go for a lot longer. But a brilliant human being who... Deserves more respect than he's getting at the uh, moment. Whilst we've got you, James, you've given us the, the Newcastle stuff. Take the Newcastle hat off, put the Celtic hat on. How are you feeling about this weekend's game or, or where your team are at in general at the moment? Well, I mean, actually, a few Newcastle fans have actually got their eye on Ange as a, as a man. I mean, I'm, my, my dad lived in Australia. I've been out there and the, 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 the Aussies are brilliant. They're just so laid back and nothing phases the guy. And he won't be, he won't change his system. There's a lot of fans saying he should do this and do that. Uh, Andrew, not. I mean, the inverted fullback thing, I don't know if it's going to work for, for the personnel he's got. If he gets the right players in place, then it could work. But I do feel that he's going to, he needs, I mean, he's been in the job a few months. He's going to need at least a couple of transfer windows. To be able to get the players in, get players out that's not got a future to the club, uh, are taking a wage, it can go elsewhere. But in regards to tomorrow, I do think that we will get a result. I do. Motherwell are playing well, and they should have got a result at Ibrox. They were unlucky with the goal. At Abel scored. Uh, they, they, they really played well. I've seen the highlights of that game. So it's going to be it's a good, bad, tough game, and they've got to roll the sleeves up. But I think me uh, Furuhashi is it must be a nightmare to play against because even experienced defenders, quick defenders, are always looking behind, looking in front. And if he's sitting there and waiting, waiting and waiting, and moving, as I said, I've, I've watched him closely, and a lot of Newcastle fans have actually liked him as well. And the way he's he's, he's only going to progress. So I think I mean I think we'll win. I'm going to actually put a wee 
Bet on Please bet responsibly um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want you getting carried away uh, Hugh, we spent so many weeks at the start of the season Talking about Furuhashi Then he goes out the team uh-huh. Celtic's form dips Are yeah. they linked? Probably um, Comes back in against Aberdeen Scores yep. This time he goes an international break And does return unscathed That will be music to the ears of Ange Postacoglu His teammates and all the fans um, of Celtic out there I'm sure Yeah he is the the, the brightest light at Celtic Park for the fans And uh, Yorta is not far behind him Uh, The the fans will be looking forward to seeing him at Motherwell Uh, With regard to Giacomacus You know surely now there must be game time for him because we've spoken about his fitness. They didn't have a proper pre-season. But in mid-October, how long does it take this guy to get ready? So if if the Celtic fans don't see him get some game time at Motherwell, uh, then I think they'd be entitled to ask, where is he and why is he not there? Yeah, it's probably a fair question, Gary. The, the thing about football, you don't care so much about your backup striker when your first choice guy's fit. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we said, "Where's Yakimakis?" Because there's no one else. But he, he will even if he's fully fit and banging them in in training. He's, he's very much a supporting in a supporting role to Furuhashi at the moment. Yeah, I think Furuhashi has been a revelation uh, since he came into the team. Uh, his movement is top drawer. He, he works hard for the team. He presses from the front. He gives Celtic energy and he gives Celtic in product which. They didn't have before he came And when he's not playing They miss it badly So He is a, a, a key player for Celtic uh, in, in the coming weeks Without a doubt Okay thank you James 01419511025 uh, Got a full time teaser for you And there was a development from UEFA After Rangers trip, trip to the Czech Republic Not so long ago I will tell you all about that next Taking your calls on Scottish football 0141-951-1025 This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans and Gary Caldwell are here It's 0141-951-1025 to join in Really no excuse tonight We've got six, no less than six big games In the Premiership tomorrow We don't get that very often We certainly don't get Celtic and Rangers Both kicking off at 3 o'clock on a Saturday very often so get your calls in We've even got championship action tonight Hamilton Against Partick Thistle You Jags fans If you want to phone in And wish Gary Caldwell All the best You can do that here On the usual number And uh, no shortage of talking points Throughout this week So pick up that phone And get in touch with the guys I do have a question For you both A teaser mm-hmm. You're only looking for seven Even you two can't mess this up Right oh, Seven oh yeah? Yes I promise <laughs> you The old crazy pony Sent it in Can you name seven Scotland internationals who have scored a Champions League goal For a non-Scottish club So seven Scotland internationals Who have scored a Champions League goal For a non-Scottish club Andy Robertson Yes Darren Fletcher Yes Okay we'll leave it there That's not two down five to go You're making light work of it already So I'll give you some more thinking time And we'll get the rest of the answers And before we take more calls Hugh And maybe people will want to phone in about this mm. Uh, UEFA has confirmed it will not take disciplinary action against Sparta Prague over the behaviour of fans during the most recent match against Rangers. The governing body, you'll remember, did say they opened an investigation after Glenn Kamara was repeatedly booed by the crowd. Uh, An investigator who was appointed to look into the alleged racist behaviour basically said that there was insufficient evidence to continue. Surprised? Um, UEFA's track record on these matters is... 
uh, erratic. The problem we have here is the the use of that expression, insufficient evidence, because um, the game was on television. People could hear the booing. Um, The age of those booing um, was regrettable, uh, and that made it even bigger as a story. But there was not insufficient evidence. There was ample evidence to take the matter further. But UEFA, in their infinite wisdom, have chosen not to do so. And I think that's regrettable. I mean, you are, you're doctor cynical. You are, you yeah. are you're the, the utmost authority on cynicism. Yeah. So let me put it to you this way. Was this inevitable, given that this was only allowed to happen? Because UEFA's punishment to Sparta Prague yeah. For racist behaviour in the first place Was actually not to close their stadium But to turn it into some sort of party atmosphere And welcome all these children and their minders in And that paved the way for, for what happened to happen They were and never going to go back then and admit their mistake, were they? No, uh, and therefore when children of school age were booing uh, The black players on the park And Glenn Kamara in particular uh, then it becomes even more embarrassing for the ruling body. Uh, if you are going to take action against a club and the action was taken against them because of racist behaviour, if you're going to take action against that club, then the ground is closed. End of story. Closed. Uh, now they have brought us to uh, a story that was embarrassing, I think, for... Sparta Prague, embarrassing for UEFA and totally unnecessary. Uh, But it became a political football. Uh, When the Czech government became involved, um, we then moved on to a higher plane of confusion. Uh, Today's action, to take no action, to say that there was insufficient evidence, I think is embarrassing uh, where UEFA are concerned and insulting where... Glenn Kamara was concerned. Yeah, we had Marvin Bartley on the show last week. Gary spoke incredibly well about that story and about his own experiences. And um, look, on one hand, I don't want to conflate two issues, but on the other, you can see why it completely sticks in people's throat that if you uh, wear a logo that you're not supposed to wear or your sock tape is in the wrong place, UEFA always find the sufficient evidence. Um, but something like this can be um, deemed not to be the case. I think unless the powers that be, UEFA, make a, a stand on this, it will never change. The players have tried. We've taken the knee. We've wore T-shirts over the years as as players and as clubs. But ultimately, in these situations, UEFA have the opportunity to make to make a stand to say this is is stopping, and we are we're eradicating this from our game and and hopefully society in general. But when it comes to that, they never seem to really take that opportunity and until they do uh, it'll unfortunately always be in football Uh, yeah so that's the latest on that one if anyone's got thoughts feel free to share them but Ian was already hanging on the line to talk about his team which is Celtic what do you have in mind for them in the coming weeks Ian? Um, Well the the next couple of weeks is going to be tough Uh, good evening Gordon good evening Gary good evening uh, Shu hello evening and I think uh, was your birthday a couple of weeks ago Shu? No, it's uh, coming, it's coming up. up actually. Coming up. Is, yeah. November twelfth, yeah. November the twelfth. Happy birthday when it comes anyway. <laughs> just a wee quick one. Gary was saying uh, top of, top of show about Braga out in Portugal. 
is a, is a young boy you were looking after. Juan, Jan Bueno, Kuto, by any chance? Yes. That young boy, Celtic were interested with Gary. They were, he came up to uh Europa that one of the game. games, wasn't he? Yes. Aye, I've seen him. He's, he's a boy's a cracker, eh, Gary? Right, so um, hold on a minute. You're now in, in charge of this guy in, well, in a roundabout way. In charge. <laughs> <of> <laughs> <him>. <laughs> you don't like boss him around, right? As a former Celtic player, is he not, not going to pave the way? I wasn't at the club when he. Right. Is it, does it remain a possibility? Uh, no, he, he was going to go there on loan, and, and we actually and spoke about it when I was at his house, and he he felt like the the language. He, he said the stadium, the supporters were incredible. He felt like the language barrier would have been a big thing, and he, he settled quickly in Portugal. So he's, he's probably made the right decision for his yeah. career development. But he did he did mention when he was at the stadium, the supporters, he said it was incredible uh, and, and he was drawn by mm-hmm. that. But he decided so, so it was to close, Draga. that was yeah. close to happening. Yeah. Um, sorry, you know, you go, I'm rudely interrupting you. No, no, so, listen, Gary, the boy, the boy, the boy's a cracker. Um, I think he's only 19, 20 or something. 19, yeah, he's just turned yeah. 19 in June. Yeah, uh, I, I, follow, I follow a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? I, I like my football. I mean, I, I knew about Furuhashi. Before they came to Celtic, I used to watch it. I watched the J League. I watched other leagues to see what's coming through in football. And uh, what you were talking about, the issues in there uh, earlier, the uh, shoe was talking about it. Everybody's talking about it. It's happening everywhere. It needs to get eradicated, as you said, Gary. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's go into Celtic. Uh, tough couple of weeks ahead, as Gordon said it uh, when I come on there. Um, I think my next four games, including uh, five games, Ferenc Faros, obviously Motherwell tomorrow, uh, Ferenc Faros, St Johnston twice, Hibs, very, very tough. Um, if we can stay close on the coattails of our fiercest rivals, well, not just Rangers, Hearts and Hibs, uh, it, would be, it would be something to... to to Ange for what he's done. Mm-hmm. How big a boost is it, Ian, to at least have come through this international break a little bit? Well, a lot better off than the last time. Everyone's fit compared to you know the, the previous break, and and maybe even other guys who are still a bit further away might be getting closer. Well, uh, I I was talking to to Ross, the producer. Um, I believe uh, Julian uh, Christopher Julian's fully fit um, again. Which has been a long, 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 long time, guys. Uh, I would say that twelve months, Gary. You're a centre back. Is it twelve months? He's been at fourteen months. Maybe? I don't. I don't want to burst your bubble, right? But I, I think he. I mean, he's he's certainly getting closer. But I'm sure I saw something on social media earlier. Yeah, and it was Celtic who said he's still a number of weeks away from match action. But it's great to have him back training with the boys. So still a bit of time to to go on that one, Gary. But needless to say. Ian and lots of the Celtic fans have been hoping that he can make a big impact to that defence when he comes back. Yeah, I think he could be a big player for Celtic when he does come back. But it's a problem Celtic have had. Too many injuries and and out for a long period of time. James Forrest to be another one that has been injured too often and and is a big miss for Celtic. So getting these injured players back quicker... Uh, as as a massive priority for Celtic, you can't underestimate the the, the, the importance of the remainder of this month. Uh, Ian's making the point that Celtic will play Motherwell away, Hibs away, St Johnson at Celtic Park. But wherever you play Callum Davison's teams, uh, there are 
difficult proposition. Uh, we've got Ferenc Barros, I think, after the the results uh, against Real Betis and uh, Bayer Leverkusen, Celtic having lost eight goals in those two games, they, they need to give a good account of themselves, and it's very, very difficult. A Tuesday afternoon, 3.30 kick-off, broad daylight, that special European atmosphere at Celtic Park cannot be replicated in broad daylight. Um, so it's a very difficult one for Ange Postacoglu, but... He needs to get three wins against Motherwell, St Johnson and Hibs. He cannot afford to fall any further behind Rangers than he already is. He's six points behind Rangers. The remainder of this month is massive for Ange Postacoglu. Yeah, he's been out 10 months, Ian. Um, it was at the turn of, well, just at the end of 2020, wasn't it, that he, uh, he played his last game against Dundee United. Um, so a couple of weeks away, but certainly back in training. What's the best Personnel for Celtic At the moment Ian Everyone was waxing lyrical At the start of the season And Along the lines of This is great We can play Rogic And Turnbull And McGregor And um, We blow teams away And we score for fun And that started to dip a little bit Maybe because Furuhashi wasn't There ahead of them And when the Aberdeen game Came around There was no Tom Rogic Near Beaton played And Rogic came on And made an impact What's What's this going to The strongest Team Celtic have at the moment in your mind? Well, that's a million dollar question, isn't it? Um, as I say, obviously you've just kiboshed for the, the Julian ones. I'm sorry, I've ruined your night there, Ian. I've, I take, no, I'm really but, sorry. No, because I thought I'd seen a, I, I thought just before I, I come online, to you, no talking to you, I thought I'd seen someone that. That he's bulked up and all. Obviously, he's back on the training ground and that again. Yeah, that'll be it. But, but as I say, Juranovic is a isn't he? Isn't he back either? No. But I know he's back on the training ground. So we've just got to go with what we have. But I think Sue mentioned uh, George's Jackamakis and mm-hmm. um, the length of length of time it's taken that guy to get up to speed. Um, when he was about to make his debut, I think it was against. Wraith Rovers in the, mm-hmm. the cup tie on the Thursday night. I was at the game, and I seen I seen him tweaking something, and then all of a sudden it comes out the next day he's done his calfing. Yeah, that's right. It was the warm up, wasn't was training, it? Ah, he was training uh, behind the goal, and I'm going, and I said to my son, I said, he's just pulled up. He said, and my son went, I said, just for luck. No, but as I say. We've just got to go on as, as I say You've spoke about it This month The rest of this month Is tough The three league games Is nine points And it's nine points We've got to win Yes but, Gary Is that where the international break Can Can come at a good time If you're You know If you're trying to get players back You're trying to get players up to Full speed Because um, we always hear this Don't you Again In the football cliche book It comes at a good time If you're In a certain situation It comes at a bad time In others But Certainly for managers who are trying to get players fit and available It can be a good window for that Yeah without a doubt Especially the long term injuries that, that Celtic have Forrest and Julian being you know, key players I think when, when they get fit to, to affect the team But just, just talking about the team I think that the clear weakness for Celtic is the back four And that is where you know, Ange Podstokoglu needs to find a solution To either protect that back four Or, or change it to give them more uh, 
more of a solid base to play from and, and everyone wants to see good football everyone wants to play good football but for me Celtic have to be a, a stronger a harder team to play against when they lose possession they have to be better at winning the ball back and that is the the solution that Ange Postacoglu has to find from within his squad is that near Beaton is that James McCarthy to, to protect the middle of the pitch because when they don't the two centre-backs I, I don't think are good enough uh, short-term or long-term so you have to try and protect them to, to win games of football Thank you Ian 01419511025 I think we'll let you go Ian Did you get some sort of Food delivery Midway through that call <laughs> Yes I did I Yeah I knew I could tell you I heard the door I heard your concentration Dip for a moment or two I hope you enjoy it What did you get? I got um, I, I went I think it's kind of healthy Gary might be able to Agree with me I got I got two baked potatoes One with One with coleslaw And one with mayonnaise And salad You might get a game This show This show has changed you It's a Friday night And people in Greenock Are getting <laughs> baked potatoes Delivered to their house What's happening? Uh, see it's the woke generation <laughs> The woke have arrived In the Greenock Magnificent They've never arrived in Port Glasgow But they've arrived in Greenock This show It never lets you down For stuff like that I could just tell Did you notice it as well Or am am I just more in tune To these things No I thought it was His missus saying Are you on the phone Yeah and then I I just knew something Was going on in the background So enjoy your baked potato Ian Uh, Right any more on this teaser Seven Scotland internationals Who've scored a Champions League goal Scott McTominay For a non-Scottish club Darren Fletcher Or Andy Robertson Interestingly enough, no, not according to the the pony. Maybe he hasn't scored in the Champions League. John Collins. Yes. Ali McCoist. No. Duncan Ferguson. No. Colin Hendry. No. Okay. <laughs> he was in here on Wednesday night. He was asking for you, Hugh. Big Braveheart. Ah. Yeah. He was looking for someone to kick under the desk like he was doing <laughs> at the Euros. One out of four of that wasn't bad, Hugh. So. Ah, yeah, well, you're trying. Hard. I'll take a guess from you, Hugh. Uh, where did John Collins come from? Was Mon- that for, uh, Monaco? Of course. I mean, he doesn't come from Monaco. But <laughs> no, yeah, no, no. Yeah. You see where we're going with that one anymore? No, not yet. Uh, Bit early for a clue. Uh huh. Three of your remaining four answers all did it for the same club. I'll leave that with you. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Right we're into the final part Of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard If you two can make this snappy I've got a wedding to get back to So let's Not my own incidentally um, <laughs> Let's see how you get on With this teaser Can you name seven Scotland internationals Who've scored a Champions League goal For a non-Scottish club John Collins Darren Fletcher Andy Robertson Scott Booth Ah, oh, what a shout that is Borussia Dortmund Well done Scott Booth with lots of help <laughs> Now I did say The remaining three Now Are all from the same club It's an English club did, Do you need more? Yeah A couple of the them <laughs> A couple of them did it At the earliest point Of the, the Champions League So kind of early 90s 92-3 um, One did it a bit More recently The two that did it In the early 90s Are extremely big names In Scottish football like, will be mentioned on shows like this every week. Soonest? No. <laughs> You've lost me. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, what what English teams might have been doing and might have been in the Champions the League? Man United. No, no, no. So maybe like just before that. 
Oh, or so round about the, you know, the early st- So other than Man United 92-93 oh. Who are we thinking? Liverpool no. Gordon Strachan Yes There we go Your former manager How could you forget? <laughs> I, I never get <laughs> I mean, I'll get in trouble uh, Any along those lines? So it's Gary McAllister Yes There we go See what a bit of help can do for you two dafties Right one more I'll leave it there Not as easy as those two though This one's trickier uh, Let's bring in John who is on the line John what's your point tonight Hi Gordon uh, Gary um, no. <clears throat> so I'm, I'm a Celtic fan And I've spoken to you guys in the past um, I'm absolutely appalled By what's happened with The Rangers thing today uh, With the fact that they've got off uh, Scot free again practically um, And my, my, basically my question to you guys was from a protest perspective, now you see like boys get hammered if their tape's wrong or they're wearing the wrong boots and stuff like that. What would happen to Rangers if they hadn't have come out for the second half? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting question, Hugh, and it's one that, you know, for instance, I said with Marvin Bartley in last week, and he speaks so passionately and he's, he's had his own experiences, and I always underline this. We, we've, the three of us haven't experienced. What Glen Kamara experienced. I always like to say that in case anyone just switches on and says, "What would you three know?" Sort yeah, of thing. However. Yeah. That does come up a lot You know Should teams Walk off And it's a really It strikes me as being a From the outside Being a really delicate balance Because Yeah it would send out A statement And everyone would talk about it again Why should the onus be on the players To police this stuff though? Because you effort If you're waiting for them You'll, you'll wait a long time You'll wait forever um, That's what I mean But it's an unfair position To, to put players in and say, right, well, you, see, because, you, you lot fix this Yeah because If Rangers Or any other side Did walk off the park uh, UEFA would find them In breach well, I think of the rules I think that's what John's asking Yeah uh, If you take action Arbitrarily If there is nothing in place For you to walk off the park Then you have acted Arbitrarily And On all known form UEFA will punish you. You will be the the one who is declared guilty, and not. I'm not sure they would now. Well, that's what I was going to say. I, I think if, if even if UEFA could they walked stoop. off the pitch or didn't return to the pitch, the the support that they would get would put so much pressure on. The the pressure isn't really put on UEFA. Yeah. Yeah, but the UEFA mm. would then come back and say, "But we have nothing in place. So there's no mechanism in place. Uh, if there, there was uh, an agreement." At UEFA level That any club suffering this level of abuse Could walk off uh, Then fine But I'm sure initially Until something was put in place You would be accused of uh, Disrupting the competition Uh, Again I I cannot stress Often enough That what's happened to Rangers In general today And to Glenn Kamara in particular Is unacceptable and to say that there was insufficient evidence is laughable, embarrassing, and uh, ought to be called out. However, players walking off the park until we have something in place which permits that to take place, I think UEFA, in their strange, eccentric way, would punish the, the, the team who walked off and not those who were guilty of racism. Who knows? I mean, John, I, I guess we're, in, we're now in a situation though where... I mean you said you're not a Rangers fan You're a Celtic fan But I think everyone Everyone would back their own team in that Wouldn't they You're not I think we're now at the stage It's gone so far That if If it happened to one of your team's players Players I'm, I'm, I'm 
kind of recollections. I'm not being like players for different countries. Like maybe like black players who've played in like Italy and France and these types of things that they've walked off because of maybe being like in pelted with things. And then you take it the other way. They're saying like you saying that there's nothing in in writing that would suggest that they should be hammered for that because if they never came back out. But yet they'll hammer teams like Celtic and Rangers for a banner or a song's being sung. But yet it's okay to give abuse to black players and get away with it. Yeah, I know John, I think do you know what I think we we all certainly agree in, in general terms it's it's certainly um the most it's, it's tough the, to the, the most despicable thing about this today is to say insufficient evidence when everyone who watched the game uh, could hear very clearly with no dubiety that the black players were being booed so to say insufficient evidence is to um, take leave of your senses uh, I don't want to make too much of a, a joke of the situation because I think it has ended up in a a bit of an injury but what I was going to say is I think we just saw the like the most chaotic Friday night Scottish Championship goal ever at, at Hamilton so the corner comes in it's almost an own goal uh, Kevin Hole of Partick Thistle then gets his head to it I think his own teammate boots him in the head oh, yeah. I think it's his own teammate yeah it was yeah. and the ball ends up in the back of the net it Zach, was Rudden who scored Zach Rudden's getting the credit for the goal Kevin Holt's down blood pouring from his head <laughs> and Ian McCall's delighted because his team are one up he just hopes that, that uh, Kevin Holt can I, I think continue he, I, I think Ian's just made the gesture there that he might not be able to continue um, yeah it's kind of weird that'll be a, it's a, it's a bit of a bittersweet moment for Ian McCall then because Partick Thistle are in front Hamilton Aki's fans um, bad start to the game but Kevin Holt's what a covered in blood yeah, it looks like a real sore one So we wish him well um, But in a football sense Hamilton nil Partick won With now approaching 10 minutes to go Quickly Hugh We on a whistle stop tour Of other talking points What else Have we neglected to mention What about your 6 o'clock kickoff? Yeah. Two managers that really need a win In James McPake and Stephen Glass Yeah I mean I had to laugh at the story About uh, a row over bonuses At Dundee They haven't won a league game this season It's not a very good time To have a row over bonus payment uh, so they'll try and get their first league win of the season against Aberdeen Who have now gone nine games in all competitions without a win Should they fail to win Dens Park tomorrow And then fail to beat Hibs in their next league game And uh, let's be honest, it, it's not difficult to fail to beat Hibs They'll have a living on the bounce And that's the worst in the club's history They would equal the record set by Ebby Skovdal 20 years ago So they... they, they Stephen Glass knows he must win at Dens tomorrow or trouble. He lives for these moments. He's the Grim Reaper. He's got the he's got the the killer stat line just a couple of weeks in advance, and he'll just leave it there. And then eventually, when it happens, boom, he'll bring it back out again and remind everyone how terrible uh, Aberdeen are doing. But we'll watch with interest tomorrow. One more on this teaser to finish off. We're looking for one more Scottish international who scored a Champions League goal for a non-Scottish club. Um, we've got. Gary McAllister, Gordon Strachan, Scott Booth, John Collins, Darren Fletcher, Andy Robertson. Can you spell his name for us? He did it for Leeds as well, but in the year, the season 2000, 2001. Scottish international. Um, I don't think we saw him as a player up here. I think he spent his 
Dominic Matthew. Yes, you Keevans. There what we go. Shout. I didn't expect you to get that. No offence. You see the surprise <laughs> in my voice. He played uh, in my debut. You think yeah. you'd remember then? You? <laughs> uh, Gary Caldwell, thank you. We look forward to hopefully welcoming you back when the City Group allow it next. Just tell Pep you need the night off. Uh, Hugh, we'll speak to you tomorrow on at two o'clock. Six big games in the Premiership, loads of huge fixtures down the leagues as well. You would be mad uh, to miss it. So we'll speak to you at two o'clock tomorrow. GBX up next.